Hi everybody, Happy New Year. Today, we're joined by Madamka, the massively talented Hungarian creator behind the Webtoon Canvas series Diamond Dive. We had a great time unpacking her story, learning about how working on Diamond Dive has led to her learning more about herself, how fragments of her personality as it has developed over the years are sprinkled in throughout her characters, a special tier that she has on Patreon and the hilarious backstory behind it, and about what she's up to after Diamond Dive. Here's Madamka. Madamka of Diamond Dive, welcome to the show. Hi, hello. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. We are very excited to have you. Why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Hi, I'm Madamka, or some people know me as Vivian online. I'm the creator of Diamond Dive, which is a fantasy girls love story. I'm from Hungary originally, but I live in Denmark right now, and I'm a huge fan of magical girls, vampires, monsters, and everything aesthetically pleasing. So growing up in uh, Hungary, I'm curious, how did you get into comics? As you talk to people from other countries, how do you think Hungarian influence has like kind of changed the way you, you make comics? Well, I think it all comes down to what's available in someone's mm. country, especially back in like late 90s, which is when I was in school, like early elementary school. My first comics were Sailor Moon comics because Sailor Moon was licensed for Hungarian television. And I was obsessed with it from five years old until it ran. It was my entire life. So that was with the first brush in. And then later on, for some reason in Hungary, anime got very popular to the to the point where like we had our own TV channel with licensed anime oh, wow. that was dubbed in Hungarian, everything. And from that came the first anime con that we've had, like a convention, oh, wow. which is by now, it's the biggest convention in like middle Europe. Oh, so wow, other okay. people go over there from other countries. So that was my first experience with comics and anime in general. And honestly, it really shows on my work that it was specifically those select titles that were available to me at the time and if I meet anyone else who's also Hungarian in the community they always know the same titles that I know and uh, we're just like oh yeah you were watching that TV channel so aside from Sailor Moon what were some of your other favorites we've had Inuyasha in bookstores and on the TV channel as well because whatever was on the TV channel they would usually start um, translating it and selling it in bookstores as well so you could get uh, yeah. the comic itself so I was reading Inuyasha, Nana the the GL story, mm. Naruto was big in Hungary and Bleach as well I liked them in the beginning but then I kind of fell off mm. I really liked Full Metal Panic back in the day, Kiddy Grade which is like not really a known anime but I was obsessed uh, okay. with it um, I think these were the big titles oh and Death Note Death Note was uh, really big in Hungary. So I would say those. <laughs> and how did you get into drawing and creating your own art or comics? Honestly, that also started with Sailor Moon. I had uh, an older friend. She was like four years older than me who started like drawing from, from the anime, like just copying, you know. 
and I can be very competitive and stubborn. So when I saw that, I was like, I can do that too. It's not that big of a deal. And then I started copying pages from, from the magazines that they were selling and everything. And it just went from there. It never really went away, which is kind of funny considering that art is not exactly uh, a career <laughs> choice that is very like supported in Hungary. We're kind of in the past in that regard. So no one around me was ever like, oh yeah, you will definitely make it with comics. Go for it. You know, everyone's just like, no, become a lawyer or a doctor. Or <laughs> become a lawyer. This drawing <laughs> thing, drop it and become a lawyer. So this yeah. is something we hear a lot from different cultures. There's this idea yeah. of making it as an artist is hard. You did it anyway, even though there may not have been the voices outside that were pushing you to do this. So what gave you the confidence to kind of take the leap and just start making your own comics? In the beginning, just spite. Like I would just not, I would just not stop drawing. The more they told me to stop doing it, the more I was like, no, it's my thing. You're not taking it away from me. And then later on, um, honestly, for a while, I kind of stopped drawing because adult life, you start working, you don't have the time for it. And I moved from country to country as well. So I was busy. But then I was so used to by then, like if you spend your formative years having a creative outlet, then even if you get busy for several years, it will eventually come back. You will have that need of expressing yourself. So I started just creating my characters and then one thing led to another and I was getting very near to launching a comic out of the blue. So it was never really planned. It just happened as a natural self-expression really so you mentioned you know you started with character development can you walk us through a little bit of your process of like you know how do you go from this idea in your head to like you know we were talking about this before we started recording one of the Mm. things I enjoy about your comic is like just you know after a few panels you can feel like you really know a character so what was your process for doing that my work is really character driven. I already knew that before, but then then after publishing my comic, I, I heard it from other people as well in reviews and in messages that fans send me and everything that like, it's the characters that they really fall in love with. Mm-hmm. And I'm not surprised to hear that, to be honest, because they are the part of it that I'm in love with too. When I started thinking about Diamond Dive, I wasn't really thinking of a long-term story at first. I just started to think about characters that I liked, like similar characters that I liked in different media or tropes and and something. And I wanted to have my own take on them. So I had this idea in my head that like, oh, I would really like to work with one of those characters where it's kind of like an airheaded girl who is like kind of aloof and she doesn't really know what's going on but she she's really sweet and she has a good heart and she's brave so she will push through even without you know really knowing what's going on around her and then Cartel was born from that and then Mm. I started thinking about how there's the rich girl character in a lot of other comics and I like them because their aesthetic and their visuals is usually very on point but sometimes they can fall a little one note to my taste And I started to think about it that like, I really wish that these type of girls would be shown as a more layered character where her her entire personality isn't just that she comes from a rich family. Like there are things that go with that. 
It's kind of like, you know, the Netflix show Crown? No, I've not seen it actually, no. They are dramatizing the royal family now, right? A lot of yeah. people only have this view of them that like, oh, they just live in luxury and that's it. They are the royal family. And then the show goes in and tries to show you what's going on behind the scenes, how they live through certain like historical ev- events and stuff like that. What What is it like for them to just live that's kind of the the thought process i had with bailey Mm. how would people in the world of the comic see an heiress and what would she actually feel like with her own life and then once you have an idea for a character you start figuring out what do i think a, a woman like that would look like how do i imagine her and then once you have a cast that have their own like visuals and personality they kind of start writing the story themselves you yeah. just start thinking about what would they do if they meet each other and there you go you have a script bailey's uh, fashion choice by the way is on point like everything she wears <laughs> looks incredibly good you. you could have set these types of characters in a bunch of different scenarios actually let me ask you this first did you know that you wanted to tell agl story from the beginning funny you would ask because I have a story for that I did not know at first that it's gonna be a GL but the thing is at the time I didn't realize that I was a lesbian myself (laughs) so it was living in full denial absolutely I started working on this story and I started writing the girls and how they will interact and I would like constantly have a reason for why they do not have a boyfriend if there's a there's a, a word for this it's called compulsory heterosexuality where you just find uh-huh. every possible excuse for why you are definitely not a lesbian it's no it, there are different reasons it's not like i like women it's just that if you look at it you know objectively they are just <laughs> more pretty than the men there's nothing there's nothing behind it. It's just like, you just look at them and they are they are very pretty. So it's obvious that you would say that they are pretty. It's just, there's nothing behind it. So I was the same with my comic as well. I, start, I started writing them. And then I was like, well, I have my main character, Carta. And then uh, I knew that I want to add the romance element. So I was like, okay, then the heiress could be the romance element. And then a friend of mine was like, oh but didn't she have like a boyfriend before so did they break up and I was like oh yeah the boyfriend is in the past I don't even want to draw him and then she was like so then afterwards she gets a girlfriend and I was like yeah yeah but it's because I don't want to draw male characters because I think drawing women is more fun and then she was like yeah that's the that's a little weird as a reason I was like no no it, it makes perfect sense I was just like Women's fashion is more fun. You just don't get it. That's the, that's the only reason, you know? <laughs> and then this conversation went on and I was explaining like different storylines for, for all of the women in my cast. And literally every time I started to go into detail, it ended with like, and then she gets a girlfriend. And then my friend was just like, listen, I'm not trying to be judgmental, but do you have any straight characters? And I was like, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, I guess I don't. <laughs> I guess I don't. This is a little suspicious. I wonder what this could mean. Hmm, I don't know. <laughs> wow. And then I realized I came out of the closet to myself 
months after Diamond Dive actually actually launched. So it was after launch that you yeah. you, you yeah. came out to yourself. Okay. And then everything clicked into place. It's incredible how this process of self-expression was, was yeah. like sort of your own journey too. That that must yeah. make this such a personal story for you to create in some ways. Yeah, honestly, it is very close to home. I know that no matter where my career goes or what I work next, because I already have projects that I, I'm already working on to work on after Diamond Dive, but nothing is going to be the same as this title. Like the entire creating it, figuring out why I'm only drawing like 99% of my cast is women. Uh, yeah, that was, that was a roller coaster of emotions to figure that out. But honestly, when it finally clicked, I just had even more love for the story than before because it's a part of my identity now. Like I understand why it is the way that it is. So for character development, are there certain characters that you feel like you put more of yourself into? Are you able to distance yourself from all of them and be like, no, I, I make them as kind of they are and based on like the inspiration that I pull from. Mm. I'm, I'm curious like how you view yourself and inject yourself into your characters and if that happens at all. It's a different amount with all of them. I generally try to put like a tiny aspect of myself into all of them or a memory that I have mm. so that they have like a real life connection or a core to their personality that I can relate to because then I can write it well like I hope so but with some of them it's just very surface level thing that like oh I know this musician or something I will give it to her that she knows it and she likes it because then I can refer reference the discography without problem you know and I know what type of music it is stuff like that and then sometimes it is entirely based on an era of my life the character with the most of my personality is definitely River but from mm. high school before I would have learned a lot of lessons in life you know mm. I was uh, rough around the edges girl in high school I would get into fights I would talk back to teachers even though I went to kind of like a posh school so that was like oh my god how dare she yeah. that is so disrespectful so because of that and because I was very outspoken back then as well I bumped into a lot of resistance you know people like to put mm. you in a little comfortable box that's good for them and the anger that I felt back then and kind of like the the, re the rebellion against the system and everything I just push all of that onto onto river you're like this is you now you get to yeah, deal with yeah exactly like, that dealt with all of the big things that are so far in the comic with her her distaste for the for the world and the system that they live in the way she's really ride or die with friends mm -hmm. where like yeah. she will be on your side but if you betray her trust then she will turn on you and be very passionately against you suddenly that is all high school me that was how I operated. And then I kind of calmed down. I think I'm more chill by now. <laughs> is there a character that's more like now you or do you think River is like the one that's like, okay, yeah, this is closest to who I am? I think River is closest to who I am. And uh, hopefully by the end of the comic, she will get more close to how I am now because I plan to give her similar lessons in life where she uh, learns that not okay. everything is black and white. Because that's yeah. her mindset right now. You're either good or you're bad. You either are with her or you betrayed her. 
the system is either right or wrong. She doesn't really see shades of gray at all. Mm. And that's the that's the lesson she needs to learn throughout the comic, hopefully, that it's not that it's not that easy. And you have to be able to forgive people as well, <laughs> Bailey. Um, mm. So, so yeah, I think she's the closest to me. And the others are just like different aspects or habits sometimes. Like we've kind of been talking about, this story is one that looks at the personal kind of development of each character. It looks at the interpersonal relationships in a very close lens. And this sort of story can be told in a bunch of different settings. And you decided to tell it in this, you know, fantasy setting where there are witches (laughs) and, you know, it's a school for witches. So can you tell us a little bit about the inspiration behind this particular setting? Yeah, one of my favorite comics of all time is uh, an Italian-made comic called Witch, which is about these five girls who control the five elements, and well, four elements and then heart, and they are the guardians of our world. It's kind of like Sailor Moon, but European-made. Uh-huh. And But the difference between it that I think is Witch is really good at, that Witch was very, very good at making the characters super unique. And they really felt like they could be your classmate. You know, they felt very real. Sailor Moon is a bit more like they have a core thing to their personality, but then otherwise they are kind of like behind the wall, kind of. You feel disconnected them. At least I did. And then which was the one where I was like, I think I know these girls. Like I can relate to them and stuff. So both Sailor Moon and Witch, which are my two big inspirations, they are magical in some sense. Um, the girls are using powers and everything. And so that was always a big part of my art. And because of that, I just wanted to draw that. I didn't want to put them in like a normal university where they will just talk and mm. that's it. I wanted to have that magical element. Uh, I also knew that I could then bring in Uh, villains eventually that are more Mm. interesting because they can be demons angels monsters whatever you dream up you know it's just a more creative setting for me personally I don't think all of my work in the future will be in a magical setting but the majority of it definitely will be because all of these titles Sailor Moon Witch Lord of the Rings Harry Potter they are my entire my entire childhood and a big inspiration to me so I can't really I can't imagine any other way that I would start out my career this is incredibly random but Victor Crumb was he Hungarian I don't think so Victor is a name that you can just bump into in the Eastern European block altogether Bulgarian it says on Harry Potter wiki he's Bulgarian yeah, I, I could only remember that it's somewhere else from Eastern Europe, but we okay. do have the name in Hungary, though. My grandfather okay. and my uncle are Victor. So oh, okay. okay. Apologies <laughs> for misremembering there. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> uh, I want to talk about your art style because it has changed considerably. Um, yeah. And you went back, uh, I think earlier this year, you redrew yeah. your prologue. Can you tell us why you wanted to, to do that? Because you've had a lot of success. You didn't need to go back and redraw it. Uh, why did you want to? Yeah, there are several reasons for it. One of them is to give it like a facelift visually, 
to change some of the art style. But honestly, that wasn't the main reason, because I think even the old prologue looked pretty enough. The colors were nice. And I know that a lot of people really loved it because they told me so, that they still have love for the original prologue. What really bothered me is um, inconsistencies in the story and detail work. Uh, in the original prologue, the character who does the summoning ritual in that scene does it alone and it doesn't make sense. Yeah. It's too big of uh, a ritual for her to do it alone and she's not experienced enough. And her whole idea for that was that this is her first time helping out the school. But then back when I drew the prologue first, I'm going to admit to it, I was just lazy. I did not want to do a group shot of several witches doing an incantation. I was like, no, I was just, I'm just going to draw her. She can do it alone. And then later on, I really regretted it. I was just like, I shouldn't have done that. I also failed to include the villain for the story in the original prologue, which back then I did that on purpose back then because I thought that I just I'm just not supposed to introduce them yet because they are not going to do anything for a long time so I thought that maybe people will forget about him then which I later on figured out that that was that's not how this works and I mm. should have introduced him then because then you have that foreshadowing of oh there is more to it like there is something mm. sinister in the background um so these were things that I really wanted to fix so I went back and I did that but there are other episodes that I want to fix as well <laughs> talking about the improvement of your craft and what you do you credited your girlfriend Soya who's also a creator of a series called Susuhara as a demon yes. for helping you improve a lot of creators have said you just need to start doing this and yes. you'll get better. But do you have any other advice or things that helped you get better as a comic creator? Whenever creators say that you should try to be active in the community, yeah, definitely take that to heart. And what, they, what we usually mean by that is to try and have an open mind towards the works of your peers. And instead of getting discouraged by someone being much better at, than you in something, um, just try to be honest and be hype about it. That like, oh my God, man, your work is really good. I love the way you do X, Y, Z, you know? Not everyone because they don't owe you a response, but a lot of creators will reply to you and be like, oh, thank you. I learned that from here or something. That's literally how I met my girlfriend, um, mm. Soya, because um, I saw her previous work, It Stems From Love, on the main page of uh, the Webtoon app. And I really liked it. I immediately clicked on it, tore through all of the episodes. And then um, I was recommending it on my Instagram. And that's how we started talking. So, mm. and then one thing came from another. And we just started having conversations almost daily where we would just share tips and tricks, talk about our career, talk about what we want to do next. And she's the type who likes to really look into things uh, listen to workshops and read articles all the tutorials she will know them uh, so a lot of times if I was kind of stuck because I'm the type that I try to figure things out on my own so if I was stuck with something and I was frustrated I knew that I can always uh, ask her advice because she will know the good way to go about something even if it's not something that she herself 
does in her comic or something. Every time I jump into something new, for example, when I started to learn how to do uh, traditional page format instead of mm. the vertical scroll, it was always yeah. Soya that I turned to. Uh, and we have an extended um, friend group as well of creators. So we would always like help each other and give feedback and notes of like, oh, did you know that you could do it this way? I have this shortcut. Do you want to look at my pages? Compare notes. And honestly, that helped me so much. It's true that like, you just need to start and you will get better because drawing on a schedule and going out of your comfort zone, because a comic will force you to draw things that you didn't draw before, actions that you haven't drawn before, especially if you're in illustration, Mm. that will help you a lot. But definitely having other creators who can look at it with also a critical eye and give you feedback, it's priceless. It helps you so much. Let's talk about your fans. You have over 130 subscribers on Webtoon. Yes. Can you just tell us about how that feels and maybe what your expectations were when you started this? It is really insane. Like, I know that this might sound cliche, but it is so wild whenever I try to, like, really think about what that means. Like, how many people are reading my work? If things happened a little bit differently, maybe it wouldn't even exist. Maybe I would have never uploaded it, actually. And there are so many people really loving it and supporting it in every way possible with fan art, with comments, with recommending it to friends, subscribing to Patreon and actually supporting it with whatever they can. It's really something. It's very humbling, honestly. I never expected it to go this big. I always thought that it would be relatively popular just because magic and witches. And also, I am the type that I believe that you have to be your own cheerleader. So from the get-go, I was like, yeah, absolutely. My comic is the shit. It's going to be popular. You know, I'm going to make sure that it's going to be successful. But success back then in my head was like, 10,000 readers. When I reached the first thousand, I was jumping with joy. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe this. When I reached 10,000, I remember I was like messaging all of my friends that like, this is bigger than my entire town, my hometown. Like I can't, I can't comprehend this, that all of those people are invested in this story that I created. So when I reached 100,000K, it was just like, I don't, I don't even know. I can't, I can't comprehend this number. It's fantastic. It's, it's very, it's very humbling in a sense, especially whenever there's something like an event where they can really show their support, like Canvas Awards. Mm. I was nominated twice and the support Congrats. I got, thank you. The support I got from my readers there was just amazing. They are the best. Even even if I feel like when I'm on a schedule that like, oh, you lose this sense of like how many people are reading your story and you start to feel like, oh, probably no one cares, you know, uh, and I've stopped growing and people are just going to slowly leave. And then I put up a notice and I tell them that like, oh, hey, there's yeah. this place where you can vote for me if you want to. And they just all go there immediately and just go out of their way and they hype me up in the comments and they're like yeah oh my god I'm so happy you got nominated they are wonderful they are the best it's such a blessing to to be able to interact with them in the way that I do it's great 
let's talk about your Patreon because I think the way that you've set it up is fascinating. Can you tell us a little bit about how you thought through the tiers? And the reason we ask is Patreon can be a really powerful way for an artist to like support Mm. themselves with a comic. Um, And it seems like you've done some pretty interesting things here. So how did you think about how you would set it up? I first started on Patreon um, back when I did not have a comic. I was just doing fan art and some OC illustrations. And it was really just a tip jar. And Mm. then when I launched the comic, And then I got into this friend group that I mentioned to you with my girlfriend in it. That's when we really started to talk about it that like, yeah, Patreon is the way to go. Like that's where you can have a secure income and continue to offer your content for free. Um, And so we just started to work on it. I don't really remember what my first version of it was like because there were different setups for my Patreon. But there was definitely um, a workshop kind of meeting thing that we did with with my girlfriend, Soya, where we just went through a lot of different online uh, articles and workshops and stuff like that. And we tried to piece together what works for Patreon and how can we apply that to comics specifically. And it was kind of like an obvious choice to do um, uh, behind the scenes content for lower tiers and then uh, HD uploads for like a middle tier. And then because I always, uh, even before starting comics, I always uh, did not say for work uh, content for myself as well, because that's how I learned uh, anatomy because it forces you to. It's very hard to, to do that. Um, so I was just like, I'm definitely gonna, um, offer that, like not so for content because I enjoy creating it. I'm very proud of it. And it's something that will constantly help me get better at drawing my characters. So it was kind of a no brainer on that end. And what have your fans kind of gravitated to the most? Like, what do you think has worked best for you as an artist? On Patreon? Yeah. Yeah. On Patreon. Um, I think definitely the one that gets the initial uh, interest is definitely the offer of not say for work content. Mm-hmm. I think that's something that people in general just like it, especially if they can see that it's not an afterthought. I try to always put my teasers at the end of the episodes in a way where it creates a mood. You know, you want to see more. And it shows that there is more, you know, there's a whole setting for the piece and all that. And I think that brings in the initial interest. And then they arrive at Patreon and they sign up and they go through the gallery. And then they realize that there's also a lot more other content, all of the behind the scenes content, now early access. So you can read ahead. I didn't have that before, but I just launched it recently. Mm -hmm. Step-by-step shots of my process. And then I see them go from liking the not safe work content to then going through my backlog of uh, other content and liking that and leaving comments and saying that they really like the the peaks behind the scenes so i think it's definitely the not safe work content that brings them in first but i think they stay for the whole package 
And can you tell us about your uh, special number tier that's sold out? <laughs> the $69 I had, tier. I had to do like a triple take. I was like, wow, she did the $69 tier. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I just wanted to have a, a tier for $69. <laughs> I was joking with my friends, my creator friends, and I was like, man, imagine if someone has a $69 tier. Like, that's legendary behavior. <laughs> I want to do that. And then I was just like, but what can I offer for $69? I don't really know. Cause like I already have a tier uh, at $10 for not safe for content. And then at 20 for people who just want to be generous. So I was like, what can I offer at 69? I don't know, but I want to do it just because it's funny. I literally was just like, I just want to set up a tier that I can set at $69 and name it hehe <laughs> funny number. <laughs> That's it um and then um some of my friends were suggesting a commission tier and then I told them that like I don't think that would really work because a full-on commission would be more than that hmm. uh, and I don't want to underprice my work and then we went back and forth and then I ended up with this idea that like I could do kind of commissions but not really because it's not like I have to go back and forth with the client. They just give me a character. They tell me if it's safe for work or not safe for work. And I give them back a colored sketch. So I kind of have free reign over the pose and the setting. And then I decided that that's something that I can do for $69. And it yeah, worked out. <laughs> it's one of the more unique offerings that I've seen. You don't mind me asking like, <laughs> Like how many people are subscribed to that? Because it's sold out. Like you can't even get in if you wanted to. Yeah, it's sold out because I've limited it at two. Because okay. I have to I have to focus on my comic work mainly. Yeah. And sadly, it's not just a time constraint, but more like arm availability. Yeah, being so, able to draw that much. Yeah, yeah, so I knew that like if I want to keep up with, with my comic work and other not safe for work work, I have to limit this to like two at first. So I don't disappoint anyone. So it's it's limited at two now, but I think I will open it up further in the future whenever I can have a team maybe, you know, so have assistance for the comic and that frees up some time for me. And then I can have more, more hey, hey, funny number stuff. <laughs> it was absolutely fascinating. <laughs> And uh, in terms of behind the scenes, like, can you go into a little bit more detail of the types of behind the scenes that you include? I have these step-by-step uh, -step shots. I have a gallery of it, so I don't upload new ones anymore because it's pretty exhausted at this point. But I have several examples of how a page is done, the steps that I mm -hmm. go through, and then how it looks in scroll format at the end. So um, people who don't even know, for example, that my scroll format episodes are originally in page format, can see the process now on a bunch of different pages so they can see how I go about it. I also upload preview shots, sketches from the next episode. So while they are waiting for the next episode in those two weeks, because I'm on bi-weekly bi -weekly release, I just give them snippets and previews of what the panels will look like without speech bubbles, of course. So there's that suspense of like, oh, this looks like x y so they can guess what's gonna happen and uh, those are mainly the ones in the beginning i used to do um written notes as well like artist rundown where i talked a bit more about 
how an episode was made. But honestly, those are way more time consuming than one would think. Mm. <laughs> and I had to stop doing them because it was taking away too much time from, from actually doing the comic. I see. I, I'd love to ask you a few uh, questions about the future. So to start, um, recently there's this open letter to Webtoon talking about some of the frustrations of being uh, an originals creator. As someone with a very popular Canvas story, is this something that you knew about? Are these concerns that might stop you or make you consider from becoming an originals? Like, how do you react to that as a Canvas creator? Yeah, well, that's a loaded question. Uh, <laughs> there's there's a lot of things that go into this. I'm currently kind of like in a, in a love-hate relationship with Webtoon. It's a fantastic platform. It's giving us opportunities and an audience that I don't think we've ever seen on a platform before, specifically for web comics and indie, you know, at that, that you can just upload and connect with readers immediately and find your audience. I think Webtoon is amazing at that. And specifically their Canvas team, because they have separate teams for originals and Canvas. I think their Canvas team is really doing well at what they do. They are constantly trying to be uh, on every social platform. They are trying to connect to creators and readers alike. They are always trying to think of new ways to promote Canvas titles. I think they're all around just doing their best. So especially knowing that it's kind of heartbreaking to see how different the treatment is on the originals side. And if you're online, you know, especially on Twitter, where creators share a lot more about their process or what they're going through, you were able to gather if you paid attention to what originals creators were saying, even before the letter, that it's not exactly all like strawberry and cream you know yeah you could already see that they are tired they are overworked and stressed but you don't have the behind the scenes you don't know how bad it is or is it still worth it like are you tired but you still think that this is this is what you want to do and then and then there was the letter there were some reddit threads with more detail it was just heartbreaking to see. I think Webtoon, out of all platforms, has the ability to be a healthy work environment, to actually uplift their creators like they claim that they would like to. But it's definitely not behind closed doors, like how they're trying to do it now, that they're not communicating about the originals uh, situation with their reader base. And it's definitely not by holding back statistics and trying to keep the creators in the dark. Especially when you're working together with people who are so invested in what they do. Like creators, they will go above and beyond if you treat them right. You could see this with um, um, Clip Studio, the mm -hmm. art program that all of us uses basically. Years ago, you didn't even know really what Clip Studio was. It wasn't really the number one program to use, but because they listened to creators and they were supportive of their uh, users, we all started to recommend it and sing high praises about it. You know, Webtoon mm -hmm. Originals could have the same if they would listen a bit more to what their creators are saying, that they are tired, that they are stressed, they don't know how to, how to read into their own numbers because they don't receive the information. 
I think they have everything in their power to be a fantastic platform. And I really hope that they make the changes that they need to. And do you think like other platforms, other changes in technology, like do you think something new could pop up or do you think for now, like Webtoon Tapas, man, that like these are the places where people will be posting and where webcomic consumption will be happening? That's the thing. It depends on how they continue to do. I think um, if Webtoon corrects the wrongs that are currently out there, obviously, then they could stay the main platform for a long time to come. But if they are going to continue to just act like none of that is true and, oh my God, they are doing the best that they can. Totally, you guys, we are so for creators and then not really change, then it will lead to their downfall eventually. We've seen it in so many different things, social media platforms as well. If you don't listen to your users, they're going to leave eventually. And you can already kind of see it on Webtoons because obviously I'm not behind the scenes with them, so I don't see their numbers. But you can feel it on the Canvas side as well that the general consensus from creators is that readers seem a little exhausted. The platform was very overrun with a lot of new releases, a lot of imported comics as well. And there were just event after event after event it leads to reader exhaustion. And I think they need to fix that. Otherwise, people will leave the platform eventually and go and find something better because there's always something new. You alluded in the beginning that you have a few projects that you're thinking through. What do you have planned for your future? I have several titles that I want to work on. The one that I'm most excited about is an anthology of uh, GL stories because it would give me the option to just go into shorter stories that I want to work on and get them out of my system while it still has a framework around it. That being that it's all GL works. Um, It could be anything, you know, like it could be a fairy tale. It could be a horror story. It doesn't matter. I could try out whatever I want to. And I have a lot of stories that I want to do that are not long enough for a full-on comic like Diamond Dive, but I still really want to do them because I have the ideas for it. So I think that's something that I really look forward to, especially because I would like to make that comic a little bit more collaborative if I can, uh, hire my fellow creators for a cover or for a logo, whatever I can find someone for. And, you know, work with them and then put in their work as well that like if you like this illustration that you see at the beginning then check out their work stuff like that I like being involved in the community and I would like to have that in my work as well and then otherwise I want to do uh, a patreon exclusive not safe for work comic ah okay there are a lot of um, not safe for work comics in in the Western industry that I really like, but none of them are exactly what I would like to do, <laughs> which is GL Monster Girls, probably. I think that's my main idea. I really want to do that because I think it needs to exist. It needs to be out there. We are so excited to see everything that you put out there. I'm <laughs> like, excited to watch everything that you do. Are you ready to close things out with our rapid fire round? Yes. Watch me forget all of the uh, answers that I've prepared beforehand. 
All right, question one. Which fictional mm-hmm. character best describes your personality? I actually was in deep water with this one because I honestly don't really think I know a character who's very much like me. If I really have to pick just one person, maybe Max from Stranger Things, mm. I think. Next question. Which three comics can be webtoons, can be traditional comics, would you take with you on a desert island? Definitely Sailor Moon, because it's my entire childhood. Snod Girl, because it's my current favorite comic. I think it's fantastic. Um, and probably Yu Yu Hakusho, because it's really long and I like it a lot. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite scene from any comic that pops into your head? All of the Sailor Moon, all of the transformations, whenever they save the world and it's beautiful and magical and elegant and sparkly and ethereal, all of those. Uh, if you could have dinner with any creator, who would it be? If there was no language barrier, then the creator of Sailor Moon. If it has to be someone who speaks English, then it's not a comic creator. It's Rebecca Sugar, the creator of Steven Universe. I think it's close enough. Uh, and I would be able to learn a lot from her. And then finally, if you could have dinner with any fictional character, who would it be? Bayonetta. Bayonetta mm. from the video game. Because she is very confident and she knows what she wants. And I want to soak in that attitude and make it mine. <laughs> Listener, please check out Diamond Dive on Webtoon. You can also follow uh, Madamka on Madamka underscore art on Twitter. Or if you go to Webtoon, you can navigate over to that, create a profile, find the Patreon, find the Twitter link from there, and obviously enjoy uh, Diamond Dive. Vivian, thank you so much for taking some time and joining us today. Thank you very much for having me here. Thank you for joining us today. If you have any feedback or want to be featured as our next guest, please write to us at pixelsandpanelspod at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe, like, or give us a five-star rating. See you all next week.